You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome back to the Spark Influence Podcast. This show is getting out much later than we normally try to get it out because we have had kind of a crazy week this week at our house. And that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about this week, which is your home is your most important mission field. You know, Peter, you've been really busy with all of the clients that you're working with. And I've been busy with with my job and all the things things that I'm doing, but then we had some unexpected difficulties and challenges arise this week. And in the midst of it all, I've really been working hard that even though I'm busy with with my work, that I am continuing to keep our home and our family our first and foremost mission field because the people that we are raising in this house and the generations that will be affected are one of the most important things that we can do as parents. I agree 100%. And you have done a tremendous job with that. Uh, having three three boys essentially in the house is not an easy thing. And, uh, but I, I love this topic because this is something, you know, important to me. I know as Christians, we're, there is a mission field. The world is our mission field. But I agree with the title. The most important mission field is your house. You have to start somewhere and starting in your home and, and doing well in your home, then we'll just flow out from your house because you're actually making missionaries with your children or your spouse or your significant other, whatever that other person in your house is or other people, making them missionaries, then it dramatically increases the mission field. So I, I totally am excited about this topic. Yeah, our goal as believers is to make disciples that go to all generations. But if we're not making disciples in our home first, then we're, we're kind of losing out, right? Missing out big time. Yeah. So I thought we would frame this conversation around the scripture in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen, which says, you shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And this is talking about, about the law, but really it's about a relationship with Jesus. And we should be talking about the things of God in our home, at the dinner table, when we wake up, our kids should see us in the word. They should see us praying. We should be doing those things together. That's discipleship within the home. And that's, I think, where our ministry starts. It starts first with us as believers and doing the spiritual disciplines that we know that we need to do, like being in the word, being in prayer, and then modeling those for other people in our house, whether you, like you said, it could be, maybe it's a college student and you've got a roommate, or maybe it's your spouse who's not a believer. But when you are doing those things, you have a greater influence on the people within your home than you even know. And then from that, it can flow out to other people in the world. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Actually, I didn't even light on like the college roommate. That's a great 
That's a great point. This is really, I mean, this is, we, we've alluded to some of this before, talking about the, how important the dinner table is, right? That's sort of your home mission field. But showing the example, being the example, we teach our children all these things, right? We teach them, you know, don't touch something hot like the stove and get burned, right? And we teach them about falling down and we teach them about crossing the street. And there's all these sort of daily things we teach them. But the, the thing we should be instilling in them from the very beginning is the most important thing, which is this, which is that they should be our mission from a, a Christian standpoint first. Then all those other things flow after that. And, and, you know, like we've said before, the, the Bible's the best instruction manual there is, right? So all of that can start at a very young age and be lived out in your home as a mission field because then you create missionaries. Absolutely. And I think we need to be really diligent as parents because the enemy is coming after our children and is coming after our children and our families in general. There is an attack on the family. There's yeah. an attack on children. And the enemy is so subtle in the way that he sneaks into our lives and keeps us discouraged or distracted. But especially, I see a concerted effort to attack the young people, whether it's attacking boys by being apathetic or the media portrays men as weak and wimpy or just the perversion that we see in the gender identity and roles and all of those things. So there's, there's a complete attack on the family. So our response needs to be one of, of prayer. It needs to be one of speaking into our kids' lives. And so we can't be so busy doing all of these great things in the world, our job and you know, serving in different capacities or, you know, one of the things that I would always say, it doesn't matter if our kids go to Harvard, if they go to hell, right? If we have, if we don't have their heart and we don't know what's going on in their relationships and who their friends are and all of those things. So I think that encompasses part of our home being the the best missionary place. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't always want to use militaristic terms, but right. So this is a battlefield, right? The battlefield for the minds of our children, for the hearts of our children. And it encompasses all those ages, right? So if it is school children, look, look at what's happening with social media and how it affects girls, right? The extraordinarily reinforced, unrealistic ideals of what beauty or how they should look. And then, you know, there's the bullying and things that occur. And if they don't have a sound, safe foundation to come back to, which is the home, there's nowhere to turn and there's really, really bad things can happen. And, and it, it causes a lot of mental stress and disorder. The same for, for, for men and for boys. They need a strong, there's nothing wrong with masculinity. This is the way God created it. Like that's, and, and you need a strong person to lead a family, right? The, if the hierarchy is God down to man, man to wife, then wife and children, like you have this, we have this vertical hierarchy that has to, it needs to be reflected from a Christian standpoint that it's reflected in that way. If you're not teaching and building these missionaries, you set, you, you do not set a firm foundation, right? You're building, I mean, it's just the perfect building on quicksand, right? They don't, there's no stability. There's no strength. There's no safe, safe place. There's no home base to come to and say, I can talk about these things with my parents. I can figure out what's going on. I'm really being ridiculed or embarrassed or harassed or whatever those things are. Cause the world is a pretty rough place and, and kids don't see that sometimes until it's too late. So it's our job to instill the armor that they need. So when they go out there, they're protected. 
Right. So that they see the warning signs and also that we're available to listen. And when our kids aren't speaking, that we are probing so that we can know what's going on underneath the surface. I think that's huge. Yeah. The, well, so what's going on? Yeah. Nothing like, no, there's always something going on. Think back to your brain when you were 15 or 14 or 12, like it's a different, the mind is a different thing in a child. Right. And so reproach and, 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 is common from it's part of parenting, but they have to be able to feel like they can come and talk. And I love the point you just made about don't be so busy making a living for them that you don't make a life, right? Like don't be so busy doing your thing and you don't actually, you know, I've heard so many coworkers and people I've spent time with are like, I was so busy just working men, especially I'm so busy working and providing for the family. And then all of a sudden my kids have grown up and left and then, my wife is like mad, like the house is empty and I wasn't there and I didn't do all these things. Right. So don't spend your time making a living. You got to make a life with your kids. And that missionary part is so crucial because as they get older and if they go away, they may, they may be, you know, the prodigal son they, or daughter, they may steer away. But if you had instilled that foundation, they will come back. They will come back because life's going to beat them up in ways they didn't expect. And, and it's not, this is not a walk in a rose garden by any stretch. And they'll, 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 that foundation will, have, will save them, right? You don't see it. We don't see all the good we do in our children sometimes until many, many years later. That's right. Christ is the firm foundation, the rock on which we stand. I love that you took it back to that reference because all other ground is sinking sand. And when we teach our children in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart. And someone may need to hear that today, that your child may not be walking with the Lord now. But if you have planted those seeds of Christ, if you taught them in the way that they should go, then it's up to the Holy Spirit. And so it's your job then to just pray. I thought yeah, we would don't stop praying. That's you. That's right. You're big on this. And I know, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. Like it's don't ever stop praying for them. Right. Just cause when they're young, you're worried about them falling down. Like, so infants are like, God, please just be breathing every time I come see you. Then it's like, okay, don't burn on the stove. Don't fall down and break something. Don't fall down the stairs. Then, then it becomes like, watch out for bad people in the world. Then it becomes okay, you're, you're a real pain. So it's like 12 to 17 year olds, right? It's like, you, you know, everything all of a sudden, and then, then they don't. But then as they go out of the world, then that's when parents really are like, Oh, I know all what the world's out there and they don't get it. Just pray all the time. Right. My, I, I forgot my mother had that just pray all the, wear your knees out all the time. God will, will make a way. That's right. So, you know, as a young mom, when you're in the thick of it, you think, oh my gosh, will they ever grow up? And then they start to grow and, you know, then they get different challenges. You know, you think it's hard when they're little and then you think it's harder when they're in junior high, which that's just a rough age anyway in high school. But I think where your parenting skills are really challenged is in that adult in that adult stage when you have adult children because you no longer have the same influence that you that you had over them because before, you know, you could tell them and, you know, you were their world. So they listened and now they have their own minds, their own decisions. They have other voices speaking into them. And so 
at that point, uh, all we can do uh, is pray a lot. We still want to be a voice to them, but we need to pray. And one of the books that I've been reading is Stormy O'Martian's The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children. So she's got several books, Power of Praying for Your Husband. And if you've not read that series of books, we can put that in the show notes because I think those are powerful books of prayer for our family. I want to shift the the focus of this conversation a little bit to some other challenges that we face in the home with making home our number one place of ministry. So what recommendations do you have for people trying to figure out a better home life balance? I think setting, so even though, you know, a lot of the world has been working at home and, and home office, and for us, it's it's been different for quite some time. But I think setting the actual work boundaries, like delineate clearly where work and business life ends and then family life starts, right? Those need to be crisp and clean. And like, you need to say that sometimes you work late, that's fine. Sometimes you have other things that have to get done, but the family needs to know like the dinner table, like we're all going to come, we're all going to eat together. Regardless, I'm going to get time with you today. I don't care if you're doing stuff and they have stuff to do and I'm doing stuff and we're all busy, get set time together. And then Something I love that we do is, without fault, every night, read scripture together. Like, we have our devotion every night, and that is that is a huge thing. So much so that our children will come to us and go, hey, are we reading? Like, y'all haven't called us down yet. Like, you know, so having that time and pouring into your children and having just a discussion about it, what did we just read, and what do you think about that? How's that? Bringing that to life, because you can spend endless time talking about nonsense. What's the latest game that just came out? That movie was really good. Like we could b- spend hours talking on things that mean nothing. They, they absolutely mean nothing in, in, in the scope, scheme of life. So spend time, and, and which is what we do, talking about the things that matter, right? And use them as doorways to talk about other things. Like I, I, you're really keen at this when you will read some scripture and then you'll totally take a tangential so what about this? And what, how do you think? And you kind of take it into new directions, but you use that scripture to open the door so that we're always getting transparency and spend time with our kids. Like we go in their rooms and lay on their bed and talk to them and hang out with them and just kind of spend time with them. Like they're, they value that more than you could possibly know. Right. They, you, we don't necessarily see it as parents. We're like, yeah, it's fine. Just go do what you gotta do. But they, they remember those things a lot. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Well, that leads right into kind of the next challenge that I wanted to discuss, which is how to spiritually lead your family. So I think that for a lot of people, husbands are crucial in in leading their spirituality their families well, and that doesn't always happen. So a lot of times the wife will step into this role to kind of take over the mantle where her husband's not stepping up. But how can you encourage families, whether it's the husband, maybe why don't you speak to the husbands and then maybe I can give a word of encouragement to the wives who may be struggling to spiritually lead their family. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of, of, having times where I was just either I abdicated that responsibility or just wasn't doing it right for, for men, God has ordered the way it's supposed to go in the family makeup and men seem to either get really distracted or 
they just don't want to do it. I don't know. I think that's the enemy saying, uh, just don't bother. Like, just don't make it happen. I don't know. There's, there's a, a plethora of reasons why men don't do it. And everyone has sort of the unique principle for themselves of why they're not doing it. But for me, if I, uh, I think the reflection of the man's leadership as the spiritual leader in the house is a direct reflection of what his relationship is with, with Jesus. Right? So if he is solid and sound and he's, he is daily seeking him, he is praying, he is keeping the path clear. He's confessing, he's repenting all the time for the thing. Cause we're, we sin daily. Then it's easier to come to the family and be the leader without feeling like, well, I can't tell these people what's going on. Like, or the relationship's not strong and I just don't want to mess with it. Whatever the reason is, it's a reflection of your relationship with the Lord. So keeping that ordered first and keeping it sound will then create really a compel. It will compel the man to say, I got to leave my family. I got to make this right. Like we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. And you should feel that in your heart. I do right when I don't do it. Cause there'll come times you're, you're so subtle. I love it. You'll be like, well, do we need anything left to do tonight? I'm like, Oh, we got to read. You know, it's, very, <laughs> it's amazing how you do it. I love it. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, the world is a noisy, distracting place. I know it's the world we live in, but it's very noisy and it's very distracting. Finding time to get quiet and hear what the Lord is saying has become really difficult, I think, in today's world. So spending time alone for the Father, away, having his own time to speak to the Lord, whether it's in your head, if I don't care if it's in a study or a closet or you just take a walk, whatever it is, that will help order the family worship and, and your mission field of your wife and your children. And it needs to go to the wife next. That's a crucial piece, right? That, And then together we parent and mission our children. Yeah, but I think it's equally as important for women to be doing those things, especially if she doesn't see her husband doing those things. And then not to nag her husband if he's doing things differently than she would want him to do. I know I've been guilty of these things, and that's why I can speak to them, uh, you know, with uh, wisdom now because I haven't always done the right thing, but I have learned over the years that, you know, the word says that you can win your spouse over without a word. And that means that you are in the word and that you are praying. And I know that you, you can tell the difference when I'm in the word or when I'm not in the word or when I'm praying or not, if things are too busy, you can definitely tell the difference. So I just want to take a minute and to encourage women, if your husband is not leading you spiritually for you to do the thing that you know is right, which is to be in the word, to pray for your family, to pray for your husband, to pray for yourself that you can accept where your husband is and, and not to try to change him, but just to be a light in your home. That's great. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I like that you're, I mean, yes, the, the relationship, you have to have that, that same relationship. And I do recognize when you're not doing it, I can tell, right? But also I think the something that is important for us that we've done as part of this is making sure we pray together, right? That's a really important time. And things are just, it's just better when we pray together. Absolutely. And, and count that as part. Everybody has their own time. It, it sounds like some kind of effort or load, like it's, you need to have your own individual time. You need to have time with the family. You need to have time with your spouse or your 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 partner, whatever you know, whatever that situation is. You need to be praying together, right? That's 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 a really important thing. 
Absolutely. And that leads me to the final thing that I wanted to discuss in this episode of your home being your your primary ground of, of missionary work. And that is what happens when there's struggling relationships within the home. So whether it's between the, the parents or between the parents and the children or with the children with one another, I think you have handled, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with managing conflict resolution well, but I would love for us to just end this episode by you giving a few points of how people can manage conflict within their home. So I don't know of any homes that are not going to have some kind of conflict, right? I I mean, if you do, then please like let us know because you're, you're amazing unicorn because everybody has problems and strife and there's stresses and things that just the daily living makes that happen. Right. But I think, if, we, if, if you were executing against the things we talked about earlier, right, if you're spending time in the Word, if you're spending time with the Lord individually, that, op- that opens your mind up so much more to being able to communicate. So now let's say we have a problem and I want to talk to you about it. We approach it biblically, and then there's that resolution, that conflict resolution is built into the Bible. Like you're going to come to me and say, I don't like the way you're doing this thing. And I think I need to, we need to talk about it, right? It's not, it's not a personal attack. It is, but it isn't, right? It's like, you're not doing this thing, and I think you should be doing it this way. And I can say, well, that's great. I, I'm glad you think that. And either I, I agree, you're right, I didn't see that. That was a blind spot for me. Or, okay, well, I mean, have you looked at it like this? Like that, It just opens communication. Because couples, I think, and we, we, this was our episode one, I think, which is communication is the, the root of all problems, right? Not communicating. But also, communication is that, just because you say something doesn't mean I heard it that way, right? Well, and that's exactly what I was just going to say, because one of our children in particular, I would say something and and they would hear something else. And then when they responded, I would hear something else. Yeah, I was and, the mediator. And you were the mediator, yeah. right? So having a mediator is good, but also really being able to not be so, for me, not being so emotional in the response and just really being able to sit and to listen and, and to hear so that you can be a better witness to the people within your own home. Yes, because your children are going to learn how to resolve things by how you resolve them with your spouse. You're teaching you, right? Remember, they, they, they see what you do, not what you say. Like, so if you profess conflict resolution, but y'all get mad at each other and one goes and slams the door and you don't talk for five hours, they're learning how to fight with their spouse. They're being trained on how to do that. But if they see you come together and go, I'm sorry, I lost my cool. My, I was a hothead about it. Like, let's let's talk this out. And you can bring the children into the red. Like, mom and dad had a disagreement. This is what happened. You know, and we've talked about it. It doesn't mean we don't love each other. We're just having a disagreement. And this is people have disagreements and fights. And this is how we're going to fix it. Because they, they need a foundation of understanding that this doesn't mean we're separating. We're not going somewhere. We're not, because very few, I mean, you know, it, of all marriages end in divorce. And so there's a lot of their friends who will have single parents, you know, so that conflict resolution of bringing them into the conflict as well, you know, if they're not part of it, if they're not the cause of it to, to let them see that, right. Then they see Christ reflected in how you handle each other, how you handled the, 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 the problem and then how you resolved it with love, right. It's always going to be with love. Right. And they, that, that is a massive training tool for the children. 
Absolutely. Well, I think this is a good place to end this episode with Christ being our firm foundation that we build our home and our family and our business and everything that we can do so that we can spark influence. Amen.